Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful and grateful this evening. We know, Lord, that there is nothing in our lives that you cannot change. Father, you can change our thoughts. You can change our minds. You can change our decisions. You can change our direction. This evening, we avail our hearts to you. And Lord, we say, let your spirit have its way. And change us. Turn us. Let your word go forth. And let it not return to you void. But let it accomplish every plan and every purpose that is intended for. We thank you, Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus. And you may be seated. And turn your Bibles with me to Second Timothy chapter number 4. Tonight, I want to share a simple message with you that I call sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Do you like such messages? Are you sure? Do you like sound doctrine? Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Sound doctrine. The Bible says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, this scripture, Jesus is introduced as a judge who shall come to judge us, whether we are alive or we are dead. Jesus will come and judge us at his appearing. Hallelujah. Now, this fact about Christianity is not popular. This fact about Christianity is not welcome. Hallelujah. Messages about this fact are not the kind of messages that attract people. Messages about the fact that Jesus will come that there will be judgment and that there will be heaven and there will be hell. Messages about judgment, messages about hell, and messages about heaven are not popular messages. They are not the kind of pop messages that attract people. They are not the kind of messages that when you turn your TV on, you are likely to hear. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? This is not the type of message that when you turn your TV on, you will likely hear about, about judgment, about the end of life, about heaven and about hell. It's not the kind of message that you normally hear. But this is the fact of the gospel. Hallelujah. This is the fact of the, of the gospel. And every one of us will face this fact Everyone, every one of us, whether you believe it, whether you like it or you don't, we will be faced with this fact about judgment, about heaven, and about hell. Can I have an amen? amen. So you realize that the church of Jesus Christ, which he left with his disciples, have now turned to become a people's driven church. 
It has become a people-driven church. The, the church has become such as is tailored to the needs of the people. To what the people want to hear. And what attracts the people. What excites the people. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This is the church now. But the church is about the fact that there will be judgment, there will be heaven, and there will be hell. The church is driven by what we want to hear. What the people like to hear is what the church is about today. And pastors are also moved to preach messages that please the people. Do you understand? Messages that please the people. But the coming of Jesus Christ, the judgment about heaven and about hell are the ultimate truth. Ladies and gentlemen. These are the ultimate truth. These are the reasons why we gather here week after week. Sunday after Sunday. Tuesday after Tuesday. This is the reason. That there will be judgment. Hallelujah. This is the sound doctrine. And we must not compromise it for anything else. We mustn't compromise this doctrine for anything else. It is not according to popular demand. Do you understand? The gospel or the church of Jesus Christ is not according to popular demand. It's not what is exciting. Hallelujah. So the scripture says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Because of this charge, because of this fact, the second verse says, so preach the word. Preach the word. You know, there are some people when they come to our church and people are Screaming, preach! They say there's too much noise in the church. They don't like churches, so we go back to our... They don't like there's too much noise in the church. But it's in the scripture. Preach! <laughs> say preach! <laughs> say you are the preacher! <laughs> yeah. See, they are on the Bible. Preach the word. Hallelujah. So he said, based on that, based on that, based on verse 1, do you understand? Go back to verse 1. So based on verse 1, he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, be instant in season, out of season. Do you understand? Whether it's summer, whether it's winter, whether it's raining, be instant in season and out of season. Out of season is the season that is not popular. It's not the season that the people like. It's not the season that the people want to go out. Out of season is the time of the day, such as evening, after work. It's not that season that people like to come and sit in the church to listen to the word of God. But even out of season, the Bible says, Preach the word. Preach the word. Out of season. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine the word of God. Hallelujah. Then he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, the time will come when they will not. Which people? Who will not endure? Christians. Christians, because unbelievers, they don't hear any doctrine. They don't come to church to even discern what is sound doctrine and what is not. But it says among the Christians, the time will come. There will be a time where they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, do you understand what it means to endure? 
What does it mean to endure? What does it mean? When you are enduring, do you endure sleep? Do you endure sleep? Do you endure relaxing? Do you endure watching TV? That it is hard to watch TV. See, so the things that we endure, they are difficult things. They are challenging things. Sound doctrine, you must endure. Sound doctrine is not always going to make you excited. Do you understand? Sound doctrine is not always going to make you happy. Amen. So it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That means when you preach that which is sound doctrine, the people will find it very difficult to come and listen to it. It takes a lot of effort. It's, it, it, you have to endure. It means that sound doctrine sometimes is painful. It's painful. It's hurtful. The truth sometimes is painful. And the time will come when, when the truth comes, you feel unpleasant. It's unpleasant. When the truth is laid before you, you feel unpleasant. Amen. So it says, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers. They will not be coming to churches like this. People will not be, they will find churches where they are pouring oil and palm nut oil and soaking their hands and places where they are hearing about prosperity. They will heap to themselves. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says a time will come when Christians will heap to themselves that which is lustful. He says, but after their own lust, after what they want to hear, what they want to, what they want to entertain themselves with, what is pleasing to them. He says, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers? So that means that they will hear that there is one such teacher here, they will run there. And there will be one such teacher there, they will run there. Do you understand? Having itching ears. Have you heard? There is a... Have you heard? There is a... Have you heard? You know, there is this thing. Have you heard? They have itching ears looking for new things. But I tell you, there is no new thing besides this gospel. There is no new thing. Besides this gospel. Amen. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. They shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. Stories. Amen. Amen. Then he says, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Hallelujah. Let's read this from the Amplified Version. um, Go to verse 1 in the Amplified Version. Do you have the Amplified Version? Very good. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by in the light of his coming and his kingdom, do you see those two dots? So this is the reason for the charge. This is the reason for the charge. He says, I'm charging you because, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. He will come to judge the living and the dead, and by his coming and his kingdom, because of this, then he says, Herald and preach the word. Be apt to preach the word. Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of agency. Keep your sense of agency. Amen. You see, 
the thing that the brother was sharing about, you know, he went to work and he saw someone that, you know, he punched in with the same person and then how many days afterwards? The same day. Then there was another announcement. You see, when God gives you an opportunity to either experience a thing like this or hear a thing like this, he's giving you a message. A message about humility. That we are nothing. You see, you know, it may happen that, you know, you, you came to church. Perhaps this is what God wants you to hear. About humility. Do you understand? You see, I happen to work in a place where I have come to see that our lives are nothing. Our lives are nothing. Do you understand? You know, I went to work, and when I was getting a report about the patients that I am going to see, it was as if it was not true. You know, I work in a place where you will commonly or you will usually think that only old people will be in places like that. I work in a critical care unit, and you will think that people are dying, and the people who are dying are older people. Do you understand? But it amazed me when I was looking at the list, and I see 29-year-olds, 32-year-olds, 35-year-olds. I mean, the, almost all, the entire list, 45 years old. And I said, wow. And then right there, I receive a message. Right there, I receive a message that we are nothing anytime. So he says, be instant. Be instant. He says, keep your sense of agency. Keep your sense of agency. That there is an agency that people do not have tomorrow. As you are with a person and he's punching in, he does not have the next few hours. Do you understand? So he says, keep your sense of agency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Do you understand? Are there sometimes unfavorable situations where you don't even feel like coming to church? You know, God knows everything that we do. God sees everything that we do. Do you understand? There are unfavorable conditions for work, but we go. Oh, yes. You see, you cannot fool God. We cannot fool God. Do you understand? You see, sometimes we say God understands. God does not understand like that. No. God understands. There are unfavorable conditions for work, but we endure. We go to work. And we work. There are unfavorable conditions for school, but we go. If there is an, an exam and there's snowing, you, I mean, you will go. If it is raining, is there an exam and you just did your hair on Saturday and there's rain on Sunday and Monday is still raining, you will not go to school because your hair will get wet and you just did your hair. You see, we cannot fool God. He says, stand by, be at hand and ready whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient. You know, we do things when it comes to God. We do things when it's convenient. We do things when it's convenient. I mean, Tuesday service, why is it that all the members will not come? Why is it that everyone that comes on Sunday will not come for Tuesday service? Why? Because it's not convenient. It's not convenient. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because it is not convenient. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome. So whether you like the message that I'm preaching 
or not, if you are welcoming it or you are not welcoming it, I will preach it. Yes, say that. Andy, I will preach. You see the verse? It says, preach the word. Preach the word. Whether they welcome it or they don't. Today too, we are talking about judgment and hell and heaven. Why is he always carrying us? Ah! Today too, he's talking about work. Ah, can't we work? Don't we work? Shouldn't we go to school because of the church? Shouldn't we work because of... Whether they welcome it or they don't. He says, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. And I will show you in what ways your lives are wrong. Because I am charged. You see the first verse? He said, I am charging you. That's a charge. If you say you are a preacher, then preach about the wrong ways of the people. Tell them in what ways their lives are wrong. What ways their lives are wrong? You see, when I've done that, I have delivered myself. And your blood will be on your head. I don't want your blood on my head. Look at all these people. Why why should I preach something that excites you and you are happy so you come next weekend. I don't care if you will not come next week. Even if there are three people here, I will preach the word. Have I come here on Tuesday? Sometimes you all don't come. And I've come and there are just these people like, do I compromise the word? I will preach the word. I will preach the word. Do you understand? Benji, we must preach the word. We must. He says, you, you are the preacher. You as a preacher of the word. You see, there, so there are preachers not of the word. You see, I can come here. Have we come here and then we didn't ever open the Bible before? But I can come here in a day where I can preach without one scripture and you'll be very excited. And you'll feel very blessed. You see, so there are preachers, but not of the word. Yes, there are motivational speakers. I can motivate you. I can excite you right now. Do you understand? But it says, you as preacher of the word, to show people in what ways their lives are wrong. Now, are you are you happy when we are sh- your your your? I mean, your ways, wrong ways are shown you. Are you happy? Do you like a person who is showing you your wrong ways? The things that you are doing wrong is always in your face. Is bringing them to you. Do you like such a person? But I will not compromise. I am charged. Charged. He says, I charge you. I charge you. He says, and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging, and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Hallelujah. That is my work. The next verse, he says, for the time is coming. This is the reason that we have to do that. This is the reason. Because it says, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instructions. Sound instructions. Wholesome instructions. But having itchy ears or having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one preacher after another to a considerable number. Chosen to satisfy their own liking 
and to foster the errors they hold. You see? You see, you can be deceived. And so you are holding wrong efforts. And you have a preacher that is helping you foster the wrong efforts. Verse 4. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Man-made fictions. As for you, say, as for you, reverend. (laughs) As for you, be calm and cool and steady. Whether they come, they don't come. Whether they like it, they don't. Be calm, cool, and steady. Accept suffering and unflinching every hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. Amen. Do you understand? This is not popular. This kind of messages, they are not popular. To show the people the things that they are doing wrong, it's not a problem. If you are a pastor that you are preaching to the people about things that they are doing wrong all the time, they will not come to hear you. They don't like that. Do you want to turn with me to 2 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's read from verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters. You see, I am preaching the word of God to you. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So as a pastor, if you see unrighteous life, it must be pointed out to you. Do you understand? He says, because the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he begins to list. He says, be not deceived. In case you are considering certain sins to be... He says, be not deceived. Neither fornicators. Do you know who is a fornicator? You don't know who is a fornicator. Ah. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Or you want me to explain who is a fornicator? This message is not for unbelievers. This, I'm not preaching to unbelievers. Do unbelievers gather in church like this? So it says, neither fornicators nor idolaters. Do you know who is an idolater? Who is an idolater? Idol worshiper. Such as your work. is an idol to you. You bring your work up above God. You will go to work and do all exact, all your things, but not for church. Sometimes some people, I have a cold. I can't come to church. But you have a cold, but you want to work. What kind of wisdom? I don't, I don't, I, I can't think. Madness. I can't think far. What kind of thing is that? It says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. You know, let's read the Amplified Version. Please, please, please. Give me the Amplified Version. It says, do do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? I am telling you, the reason for all of this is about the kingdom of God. It's about inheriting the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you that there will be judgment. There will be heaven and there will be hell. And it says the unrighteous and wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share. 
No share. Say no share. No share. You have no share in the kingdom of God. And then he says, do not be deceived. Do not be misled. Do not be misled means that you can easily be misled. You can easily be in a church where none of these things are mentioned. And don't think that you are right. Don't think that it is right that you come to church and then you sing praise and worship and you give offerings and you pay your tithe and so you come and, and so you go to heaven. Don't be deceived. Do not be misled. He says, neither the impure and immoral nor idolaters, nor adulteress. Adulteress are... Do you know who is an adulterer? If you are married and you are having extramarital affairs. In case you didn't know. Who is an adulterer? Today you know. So in case you didn't know that that is precluding you from going to heaven, now you know. And I have to tell you that. So if I don't tell you that, then your blood will be on my head. But your blood will not be on my head. I am not letting your blood be on my head. So you see, if you are a married man or a married woman, and each time at work, do you understand? You have a need to pass in front of who? Douglas. <laughs> I don't know. Is anyone called Douglas in the church? Please, we are not talking about it. But if you have a need that every time you have to pass and let Douglas see your backside and you are lasting for Douglas, the Bible says that you are not having a share of the kingdom of heaven. So you pass by and Douglas hits your buttocks. And then you say, oh, stop that. Oh, I don't like that. You see, but you like that. You like that. And every time you go, hey, baby, hey. He said, hey. And then he said, hey, hey. Douglas, stop it, stop it. Stop it. Stop that. Don't you know I'm married? He said, Douglas, you are, you are, you are, this is a married woman, okay? Be careful. You see, but you like it. And your heart, you see, no one knows, but God knows that you are, you are an adulterer. And you say, in case you didn't know that, tonight, I, as a preacher of the word, I have told you. I have told you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Look, it's serious. You see, on the day of judgment, many Christians will be shocked. Many Christians will be surprised. But I'm believing God that on the day of judgment or the day that he will call me, anything concerning any one of you, I would have preached it. Such that I have delivered myself. I'm believing God for that. It says, nor those who participate in homosexuality. Do you know what is a homosexual? You know, there's another version. It says, same sex. What do you call it? It's not marriage, whatever. It's, it is. it's homosexuality. It says, those who participate in homosexuality, they will not have a share of the kingdom of God. A share of the kingdom of God. It's serious. It's serious. Amen. It's serious. Tonight you are delivered. I said tonight you are delivered. Every spirit of adultery. Every spirit of homosexuality. Every spirit of fornication. Is cast out from your life. May the Lord give you power to overcome such spirits. Amen. He says, no cheat. Swindlers. You see, you are a swindler. And thieves. Thieves. The other day in the church, somebody lost his phone. In the church. So you see, you think we are preaching to unbelievers. Say, oh, as for thieves there, I have passed that. It's not passed. 
You are, you are a thief sitting in a church. Swindler. You tell people I'll be here, but you know you will not be there. You tell someone I'll marry you, but you know you will not marry the person. Swindler. Not greedy graspers. Do you know who are greedy graspers? Greedy graspers. You want everything on your side and taking and taking and taking. Greedy. Greedy. No foul. Ma- no, we skip some. And I'm not skipping any. I am not. Please, don't confuse me. I refuse to skip any. If it is in a scripture, I am preaching it. You see, you were trying to make me like this. You were doing this to me. But the Holy Spirit delivered me and I found out. Because there are drunkards amongst us. Jen, I'm preaching. I'm preaching the truth. Claire, I'm preaching the truth. Sonia, I'm preaching the truth. It says, no drunkards. Drunkards. Christian drunkards. You see, that is why sometimes we come to your celebration something, you want me to leave early. Leave quickly. So that you can be yourselves and become drunkards. If you are not, you see, listen, listen. If you are not a drunkard yourself, why do you be, let people become drunkards? That a Christian, you are having a wedding or you are having a party and then you, you, have, you have beverages to make people drunk and become drunkards such that you, you will not evangelize. You will not witness to anyone. But you are making people lose a share of the kingdom of God. Because drunkards, they don't have any share in the kingdom of God. So, so you want me to leave early so that we can release the drinks? Is a, is, a, is a reverend still here? You know? Oh, they're gone, they're gone. Bring them, bring them, bring the drinks. Christians. 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 Oh, you think I don't know all of it? That is why I also leave early. Because then you, you, you will not like me also. Then you say, I spoil your party. I spoil your... I spoil your... Amen. I am preaching. I said I'm preaching. He says, no foul mouthed. People who have foul mouth, they will not go to heaven. They don't have a share in the kingdom. Foul mouth. You just think we are saying it. Just worse. You will not go to heaven. Revilers. Revilers and slanderers. They don't have a share in the kingdom of heaven. Backbiters. Gossipers. Slanders. No extortionists. Extortionists. You rob people. Robbers. Robbers. There are some people, they come to the church... And they are like Christian brothers and Christian sisters. He says, can you give me 10? Next week, I'll give it to you. And then they won't come to church again. You are a robber. You don't have a share in the kingdom of heaven. They will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Any share. The next verse. He says, and such some of you were once. Such were some of you. All the things that we said, such were some of you. But you were washed clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And then he says, verse 12, he says, everything is permissible. You see, we live in a country where we say, I have my rights, and I have a right. I have a right. I know my right. He says, everything is permissible. That means allowable and it's lawful. It is okay. As long as you will drink and you will not drive, it's okay. By the law. Even the law allows it. But not all things are helpful. That means not all things are good for me to do as a Christian. Not all things are helpful. Not all things are expedient. And not all things are profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power to let it me take let it take me to hell. I will not. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Then he says, Food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will the next verse. The next verse. He says, And God both raised the Lord to life and will and God both raised the Lord to life and will also raise, up, raise us up by his power. The same power that rose Jesus Christ. It will raise us up. Now he says, do you not see and know that your bodies are members, bodily parts of Christ, the Messiah? Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Am I? Never. Never. Say never. never. Say never. never. Men, say never. never. The men, young men, say never. never. Married men, say never. never. God forbid. Never. Then he says, or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? You see, you have not thought about that. You have not thought about that. That when you join yourself with a prostitute, you have become one body with her. I am preaching to you a very important message. And listen very carefully. He says, you have become one body with her. The two, it is written, shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. Then he says, but the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Verse, the next verse. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Shun it. Shun it from your life. Flee from impurity in thought. Flee from impurity in thought. You see? So you are saying, Douglas, I don't like that. But you know in thought that you pass by so Douglas can hit your buttocks. You see, it's your thought. As you were dressing up, Douglas was on your mind. And as you wore your pants, you realize that this is not tight enough. Douglas will not see properly. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He will not see it. He has to see me properly. In thought, word, or deed. Any other sin, such as man commits in one outside the body, he says, any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You sin against your own body. So he says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You know, you have no understanding that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything that you are not doing or you are doing that is not holy is driving the do you imagine that the Holy Spirit will continue to live in your body? Amen. Amen. 
you were bought with a price, purchased with a precious and paid for, made his own, so then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. You see, go back to verse 18 in the in our New Living Translation. Let me show you something. Verse 18. I believe it's verse 18. He says, for instance, a man who, has, who was circumcised before, okay, you are changing my arm, but I'll preach. Say preach. He says, run from sexual sin. Run from sexual sin. No, I want you to listen. This is what I wanted to. He says, no other sin so clearly, clearly affects the body as this one does. No other sin affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You see, such messages, they are not exciting. They are not popular. And if you are, if you are in a church that you are, you are involved in this sin and every time you come, this is the message, you will not be happy. Do you understand? But it is the sound doctrine and that you must endure. Endure sound doctrine. Hallelujah. But we see, we like to hear what we want to hear. We heap onto ourselves what we want to hear. Our ears are itching for what we... Go to... I believe it's 2 Kings. Let me show you another scripture. Are you with me? Okay. 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22. And verse 1. We can stay in the same version, so we move on. Okay, it says, For three years, there was no war between Iran and Israel. Iran is Syria. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the, the visit, the king of Israel, which is Ahab, said to his officials, do you realize that the town of Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? And yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram or the king of Syria. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course? You and I are as one. My troops are your troops. And my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find what the Lord says. Do you see? But first, let's find what the Lord says. You see, so the king of Israel has made a decision. He has made a decision to go to war. He has made a decision to go to war and he turned to King Jehoshaphat for alliance, for his approval, one, and for his support because he needed his army to support him. But he has made a decision to go to war. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He had come to the conclusion that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us and we have allowed the Syrians to take it from us and we are sat down not doing anything about that. So we have to go to war and take it back. He has made this decision. And now he's looking for the approval and support and the alliance from the king of Judah. But the king of Judah says, first, let's find out what the Lord says. Let us find out what God says about this plan, about this decision. So the king of Israel summoned the prophet. I want you to listen very carefully what we are reading. So the king of Israel summoned who? The prophet. Someone who? The prophet. Summoned the prophet. About 400 of them. About 400 of them. 400 of who? 400 of the prophets. And asked them, 
Should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, yes, go right ahead. Yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the victory to you. Amen. Amen. You see, oftentimes we make decisions. We make decisions. We do not consult God. We make decisions and we have decided what we are doing and then we bring it. First, we seek the approval of men. We want men to support us. We don't ask for God. We are not asking for God's help. We seek the help. As long as we can have some men around to help us, to support us, we are okay. Do you understand? And that is what we do. So when we find that men are supporting us, and then we want to spiritualize it. Oftentimes people make decisions and they come to pastor and they are telling you. They are telling you, this is what I want to do. Pastor, pray for me. Do you understand? That is even when they want to spiritualize it. And sometimes we don't seek the face of God or we don't ask for God's decision or God's idea about what we are doing because we don't like his answer. We don't like what he will say about it. We already know what God will say about it. Because we all know the scriptures. We know. If we are involved in a job that is taking our Sunday away and we like it, we don't ask God, should I take this job? Or we, because we know the answer already. We know the answer already. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So we don't ask God. We go and they offer us a job and they say, this is how you are going to work and this. We don't ask God, Lord, should I take it or should I not take it? We take it and then we come to God. Do you understand? And even if we want to spiritualize it and we want to seek a man of God's approval, we heap onto ourselves a man of God who will approve of what we have made decision about. So they heap onto themselves teachers that please them. Not sound doctrine. Adley, do you understand the word of God? Not sound doctrine. They heap upon themselves. So look, he called 400 prophets. 400 prophets. And then he says, should I go to war or should I not go? But, and then what? Go back, go back. So all these 400 prophets, they said, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. Amen. Now, if you want to be among the popular prophets, the ones that are invited by the king, if you want to be the, the prophet when the king is having Meetings, you'll be called to be a part of that you receive a special invitation. You must agree with the rest. You must also say yes. You see, so you realize that the popular, the popular, or the ones that are all welcome are the ones that agree with the decisions that we have made. The ones that will say the things that we like. They are the popular. Do you understand? Can you imagine that there is maybe um, a presidential inauguration and the whole world is watching on TV and they're looking for a pastor? Would they call Bishop Daggyward Mills? They will not. They will not. What do you think if they call him and he has an opportunity like this? What do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to preach about Korea and U.S. war is going to be in peace and we are hoping that... Is that what he's going to talk about? So he will not be part of the invitees. He will not receive an invitation. Do you understand? So they all replied, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the victory to the king. 
And then, but Jehoshaphat asked, this thing, the way they agree like that, is there not also a prophet of the Lord who was not invited among the popular invitation? Is there not? Because you see, always, always, the one who is preaching the sound doctrine, he's not popular. He's not invited. He's not among the crowd. He doesn't have a big gathering. Do you understand? You don't receive a special invitation. If you want to be a part of the king's guests, you must be among the common voice. Say the same thing. If you want to be among 400, you want to be included among the 400 popular prophets dressed nicely to come before the king, you must say the same thing. So the king said, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? You see, I am talking about prophets. We should ask him the same question. We should ask him the same question. And hear what he says. Now listen. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat. There is one more man. Who could consult the Lord for us? He didn't call him prophet. He didn't receive invitation. He would have come to the meeting with the 400. He said, there is one more man who could consult the Lord for us. But I hate him. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. He says, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Do you understand? So prophecy is not always about receive. Do you understand? He says he will not say anything good. He always, he says, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. Jehoshaphat replied, that is not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. You see, that is a good friend. You know, that is a wise king. That is a wise friend. You see, sometimes when a king amongst king, and you are also a king, and I'm talking to you like that, you will feel disrespected. Do you understand? You feel disrespected. That you have pointed me out like that. You have voice something like that to me. What do you mean? We are all kings. But he said to him, that is not how a king should talk. That is another king telling the king. Look, if you don't have humility, you can't receive anything from God. If you don't have humility, you can't receive anything, anything. Hear it from my mouth. If you don't have humility from God, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Humility. He says, he never prophesied but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imbla. Jehoshaphat replied, that is not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, quick, bring Imbla. Micaiah, son of Imla, bring him. You see, the other prophets, they receive special invitation. Two months notice. Ahead. Prepare. Come. But Imla, I mean, Micaiah, son of Imla, he's not a... So they say, quick, go and bring him. Go and bring him. Amen. The king of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah dressed in their royal robes were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. You see, imagine the scene. You see, they were in their royal robes because the king has come to visit the king. Have you seen when another president comes to visit the president? 
You see, the king. So it's a very, very high class gathering. And it's not for riffraff prophets. Do you understand? And if you want to be in a gathering like this, you should have a common voice with the others. You should say the things that the king likes. You should say nice things about the king. So he says, he was, they were dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. Wow. They were all prophesying. 400. You want to have the dinner with the king? You have to join the prophecy. Even if the Lord has not given you a word, you have to have a word. They were prophesying. Prophesying before Ahab. Prophesying before the kings. And then Ahab was feeling, he showing off to Jehoshaphat. My prophesy, wow, look at that. Prophesying before the kings. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Canaan, made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says. With these irons, will you guard the Arameans to death? Receive it, king. Receive it, one. Receive it, two. Receive it, three. King, it is yours. Take victory. Victory is yours. Victory has come. Receive it, king. It is for Kinehab. Kinehab is a conqueror. Kinehab is a victorious. Kinehab is... You see? And the king was... They were... Julia, do you understand the word of God? Do you understand the word of God? But I promise that we will close early. So we will pause here. Did I promise you? We will pause here. And then we will continue next week, God willing, when we come. We will go on break now. I am not short of words, but we will continue. Put your hands together for the Lord. We will continue the sound doctrine. God bless all of you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Lord, help us. 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 To endure sound doctrine. Lord, sound doctrine is painful. It requires endurance. Give us the spirit to endure. Give us the strength to endure. To endure soundful and grateful for your word tonight. We pray, Lord, cleanse us, purify us, set us free from every entanglement. Set us free from any high spirit that has risen itself above the knowledge of God. Set us free from every sin. Set us free, O God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare that we are not under the bondage of any sin tonight, but we are set free. And indeed, whom you set free is free indeed. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And set me free. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to give your life to Christ this evening, I want you to lift up your hand. You say, Lord, I want to receive you. If there's anyone here like that, you are praying and you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. You are not born again. You do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you want to welcome him into your life tonight. I am giving you this opportunity to do that. Anyone here like that? You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone here like that? Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Oh. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus and...
you may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.